at the line is part of Belly Up Sports. Visit bellyupsports.com for more podcasts and articles from all your favorite sports. That includes football, racing, baseball, basketball, and even hockey. Also, follow Belly Up Sports on Twitter at Belly Up Sports. Belly Up Sports. Be bold. Stand out. Guess who's back? Yeah, we back. <laughs> How long's it been? After a long hiatus, we're 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 here. Like two months. <laughs> I think it was. I think what we were doing was, you know, after the Spurs lost that series against Nuggets, we we went, we retreated back into our safety nets, our our, our caves, kind of had to regroup and, and and become strong again. And then, you know, now the NBA season's over, we're here. It's The NBA season's over. The Toronto Raptors are your NBA 2019 champions. And uh, uh. <laughs> it's a weird, uh, it's like, I'm complicated. We'll get to that later. But joining us to, to welcome us back from hiatus, it's the lovely, amazing Jeff Garcia. What is going on, gentlemen? I was going to say, that was a long pause. <laughs> I was like, Jeff. I, I, Jeff? Was building up, I was building up anticipation. <laughs> Did we lose Jeff? <laughs> no, no, no. Thank you for having me back on. Glad that you're back, the both of you. And yeah, looks like um be a lot of Kawhi talk and some draft talk on this episode. Huh? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, let's go ahead and get let's get With a splash of uh, Fred Van Vliet? Oh, oh. oh man. We'll, so we'll get to that this segment. So first... Let's talk about what happened. Spurs got lost to the Denver Nuggets, four to three. This is old news. This happened two months ago. Yet we got to cover yeah. it because we haven't been on in two months. <laughs> you guys are really were uh, we're, we're way wallowing behind. in sorrow. <laughs> we really we really wanted to everyone to wait. I wanted the anger to get out because I know a lot of people were angry because Lamarcus didn't foul, which I'm still weird about. But oh well. We still got the Derek White dunk. Yeah, I'm I'm happy. Overall, I thought the series was pretty damn good, and it was a clear example of how this Spurs season season has gone. Where it's had it's had its peaks, like December and part of January, and it's had its dips, like February, November. It's this season was full of peaks and drops, and I thought that was the this series clearly showed how that how the season was compressed into seven games. It really was uh, that Denver series. Look, I, the, the Spurs took Denver to seven. That's a as a big accomplish, accomplishment considering uh, what they had to deal with throughout the season, the road to road trip. We all know what happened, and of course, not the best of seasons record wise. And defensively, they were just uh, really porous at times. 
So uh, for the Spurs to take uh, Denver to seven games, uh, you know, kudos to them. But at the same time, it was a uh, series that I think the Spurs could have won if it hadn't been for, you know, a play here, a play there, <laughs> LMA and the whole <laughs> Jeez. fouling. But, uh, you know, like Derek White uh, looked like the hero one game with 30-something points. Uh, you know, the following game, he looked back to just being that sophomore player. Um, at the end of the day, gentlemen, I, I think uh, you got to uh, – pat the Spurs on the back, uh, factoring everything that went through their season to even begin the season in the preseason from losing Murray, losing White, losing Walker, uh, losing Gay for a few games, uh, more than a handful, having to transition from Bryn Forbes and Derek White and then back to Bryn Forbes again and then back to Derek White again at the point guard, then to lose Derek White midway through the season through an injury again. And, you know, you bring in, you know, a guy like DeMar DeRozan, you know, who, um, let's face it, he's there. He had a great uh, averages when it comes to assists. Uh, he led the team in assists per game. Uh, scoring was there. But he had his moments, too, where he just hit that wall. Let's not forget, he started off the season with 30-plus points back to back to back, and he was just looking like everything that the Spurs needed out of him as far as a scoring uh, a weapon. But he hit a wall, and it was a big wall, and it lasted for quite some time. Um but so for the Spurs to come out in into that first round series versus uh, the Nuggets, and to push the Denver Nuggets at that time was the number one seeded Denver Nuggets uh, to seven games is a testament to Popovich, the Spurs system, and the development of a guy like Derek White. And hopefully, hopefully, this is something the Spurs can build on in into next season, especially White. I think this guy's. And I'm pretty sure you thought about this. If this if that was Derek White at his Sophomore season slash rookie season NBA because of what happened his first year. Uh, my God, I mean his ceiling must be pretty high. Uh, yep. But you you throw in the fact that Kawhi Leonard had us at had the Spurs at gunpoint um, to uh, start the you know the off season last off season. You know what I'm trying to get at, and put it all together. Good for the Spurs. Now, but the big question is where do they go from here? Uh, and that's uh, obviously what we're going to be figuring out in a few short days. So that's that's a lot. I mean, <laughs> Jeff basically <laughs> ran down everything. Um, there you go. That's everything you need to know. <laughs> period. Now, I want to get done. to the juicy part. <laughs> but I want to get to the Fred Van Fleet stuff. So, so hold on. But yeah, well, just to back up what you said, Jeff, for this team that was really not built the way that it wanted to be, this was not. This was a subpar defensive team. This. But one of the great, greater best offensive teams in the league in the top ten, and they still won forty eight, even with the the injuries that they had throughout the season, the peaks and the lows. This team still won forty eight, had forty eight wins. It's and it's two games away from fifty, and I still think the team did it really well. This was a peak of what this team could be. Most of this core is still going to be here next this next season, then with some additions of two first round draft picks. Maybe a free agent choir, choir, but I think this team, this team did a really well, good job. I saw someone give them like a B. I'm going to give them a B plus for this season if I'm going to give them a grade. Uh, no, I definitely think I think probably the B is is probably the most appropriate. <clears throat> I mean, because if you look at it, just like Jeff was saying, even you tied. You guys were talking about how they're they this Nugget series was. 
an encapsulation of the entire series because they had those peaks in those valleys. You average those out, and it's pretty average. You know, it's it's going to lead you to an average season. Now, I I think they did perform above expectations because everybody had the Spurs team, you know, not even making the playoffs, um, losing, not not even having a a positive five hundred record. So I think they definitely played above expectations and. And DeMar for being in his first season with the Spurs in this new system. I mean, he played excellent. He had a career year. LA, LA still played pretty good. I mean, he's been trending very well um, since his first two years with San Antonio. You know, and, and again, like Jeff was saying, where we had these these rotations and these injuries in the very beginning of the season, I think everybody, uh, everybody performed like they were supposed to. Um, I think it's only going to get better from here. I mean, I don't think they can get well, they can get worse, but I don't think they're going to, you know, because now they've set the bar, they set the standard at like this B, this B tier. Like, okay, this is what we can accomplish when all this stuff is going wrong. So now at this point, we can only build off of this. We cannot go any lower than this. We have to continue to excel. So um, whatever offseason, you know, we'll get into that later, but whatever offseason moves, I think that they're going to build onto that and, and, and be better. Be better. So I definitely think that the, the, the B is appropriate just because it wasn't amazing and it wasn't as bad as some people think. So Exactly. All right, so let's go ahead and move on before we get to Fred Van Fleet because we're going in chronological order here. Now we got to talk, <laughs> talk about Kawhi, number two, as Jeff likes to say, say. And because the Toronto Raptors beat the Golden State Warriors four to two in a six in a six game series, Toronto wins their first championship in franchise history. I believe their twenty five year anniversary is a franchise, if I'm correct. Nobody cares. And <laughs> that that's about right. But uh, Kawhi wins Finals MVP. Some people I wrote a piece on the condun- the conundrum that Spurs fans are in where. Some fans like me, they, I was cheering for Toronto because I wanted Toronto to win. Plus, my hate for the Warriors is too much to overbear, to overwhelm. And there's people like Mac where it's f Toronto. I don't f Kawhi. I don't care. No, no, no. Let me, let me, let me clarify. At a certain point during this playoff series, I think it was after the Spurs got bounced. I there was a moment of clarity where I was like, you know what? <laughs> and I think it was. It had to be some. I think it was the the Buck series where I was just like, you know what? I'm glad. You know, I everything that us Spurs fans had for the past seven years about Kawhi and everybody, the entire NBA, you know, sphere talking like Spurs fans are crazy. Kawhi is a system player. He's never going to do anything on his own. I think at that point, it was more like a cathartic experience where I was like, you know what? I don't care. <laughs> You know the Spurs are out. I'm, I'm, you know that's fine. Tor- um, Toronto's doing their thing. Kawhi's doing their thing. At this point, everything that the Spurs have done or they they did with Kawhi, it's showing. It's showing in this series. It's showing in Kawhi's play. You know, the, the, even the load management, having Kawhi only play a few games, or having the players like Tim Duncan and, and Manu and stuff like holding them back. Even all of that has been taken into place and 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 implemented in Toronto. And so I'm like, you know what? That is exactly what we've been talking about for the past seven years. So everybody enjoy Kawhi because we've known it from the very beginning. And we've, we we were the ones that, that were trying to preach his greatness. And now he's showing you. 
So I didn't hate Toronto. I just thought Golden State was going to win. <laughs> Jeff, where were you on this uh, conundrum? Well, I was actually Camp Toronto. All right, so, sorry, camp so we're all Camp Toronto. Excuse me. Right. Oh, what? Mm. My, 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 <laughs> mind, my mind is still on. on <laughs> um, I was Camp Warriors. Um, I did wow. not want to see uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, net his uh, second title and second finals MVP. Same. Um, I thought a 100% um, go to say Warriors team uh, would have really, really given uh, Toronto the business. And I think they would have won the series in six games, but you lose KD, you lose um, Clay Thompson. Uh, you lose you, you know, Looney. You lose half your um, team. DeMarcus yeah. And, is playing uh, on a bum leg. Exactly. So, um, you know, it happens, you know, but I still, even when they lost Kevin Durant, I still was on the fence. And Kevin, I still believe that the Warriors should have beaten the Raptors, but obviously it did not happen. Um, look, you got to tip your hat uh, to the to the Raptors. You know, they did they did it. You know, they dethroned the champs. But you know, do we do we throw an asterisk on their title as many times as Spurs get an asterisk for every single title they've ever won? Probably, yeah. And I think we should. No, no, no. Because but, look, sorry, Jeff. I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt no, you. Go ahead, go ahead. I apologize because if people want to throw an asterisk, we can take the teams and stuff like that. And and I think this is going to be a, a segment that we're going to talk about too, the 2014 Spurs versus the 2019 Toronto Raptors. But let me just say, the Spurs have pretty much played healthy teams going into their final series. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay, go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so from 99, when the Spurs got the asterisk for playing in a lockdown shortened season, to, oh, you know, you're, you, you, you play, you beat um, the, the Nets. Athletes, and you beat the Nets. You know, who are the Nets? You know, they don't have anything. You know, for some reason, somehow, some way, everybody makes an asterisk for the Spurs. So we're going to do it for the uh, Raptors, Hawaii Leonard as well. Um, honestly, honestly, it's just much- any team. It's any team that I think yeah. anyone that it doesn't did- like what the team that won, they'll always put an asterisk <laughs> next to it. <laughs> well, look yeah, about this, true. too. I mean, look, look, look how many times did Phil Jackson during the uh, Spurs, uh, War- uh, Spurs uh, Lakers um, throwdowns back in the early 2000s. Every time the uh, Spurs defeated his Lakers to move on, he always threw an asterisk on the Spurs. He um, he called the Spurs a broke back mountain team. Time. Um, he, um, <laughs> that's not a joke. Google it. He called the Spurs a broke back mountain team. Um, <laughs> and you can figure out why he said that for the style the Spurs played during that time. Um, he called out Bruce Bowen for being, um, you know, Bruce Bowen, if you know what I mean. Um, versus his Lakers, so it doesn't hashtag matter Pride what month. hashtag Pride Month. Yeah, Sorry, it doesn't I'm, matter I'm, I'm what so a team does. Somehow, somebody throw an asterisk on that. Exactly, but um, it doesn't. But and it comes right around. So Toronto Raptors, enjoy your title. You know, well earned. You know, kudos. But you get that asterisk as well for playing a, a very depleted Warrior team. So I was gonna say like. Before today, I was saying, yeah, Toronto, enjoy it. This team's pretty good. Fred Van Fleet did pretty damn well. I kind of like him. And then suddenly, you, Jeff, you, uh, you break this news out of nowhere with a video that you found. And yes. I'm going to, I'm going to play the audio. And for some reason, if you're listening to us wrong kids, which I yeah, don't exactly. expect that, to be honest, <laughs> we've cussed on here before. I don't know what you're expecting. 
<laughs> but if you have little ones around you or you, you just or you have you're in a public space and you're listening to us, which thank you. All right, we're gonna play a video. It's gonna have some. It's gonna have two f bombs in it. So watch out. All right, here we All right, so Jeff, do you want to explain to everyone what they just listened to? Yeah, so basically what you got there is audio from the Raptors uh, Championship Parade, and in one bus is Fred Van Vliet, uh, former Spur Kawhi Leonard, and former Spurs staffer slash Kawhi's buddy, Tilbury, I believe that's his name. So uh, Fred is having fun. He has an Instagram live on. He's enjoying the time. And then that happens. Uh, there's been some controversy or maybe some, some debate, let's put it that way, whether it is Fred Van Vliet or Kawhi's best bud, who's now with the Raptors, who used to work with the Spurs um, when Kawhi Leonard was a member of San Antonio. Uh, and you know, it rocked me because initially when I first heard it, the first 100 times to me was conclusive. It, it's Fred. It's, it's Fred. So I put it out there. You know, it goes crazy and like wildfire. Then I start getting messages. Oh, Castleberry. I go, why do you got to be kidding me? No, there's no way I would have misheard that. I heard it again. Heard it again. It's like, no, it's Van Fleet. So just to cover my butt, I put it out there. Hey, apologies, Fred, if this isn't you. And it, I, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, it's still a bad look for the rappers because somebody on that Raptors staff that was on that said F pop and quick side note, uh, quiet learner did not react to the F bombs towards pop. And frankly, I don't think he even heard it. I think that's what it comes down to. I think he didn't want to just went over his head. Nevertheless, there's three ways to look at this. Either Fred denies it. Then it makes looks, it looks, uh, makes a uh, castle. Very look bad. Castleberry uh, denies it makes Fred look bad. If they say nothing, then it is what it is. You know, it's out there. Uh, I think Van Vliet did take it down from his Instagram feed. Uh, luckily, uh, <laughs> a mutual friends of ours uh, were able to capture the video. And uh, we have plenty. There's plenty of I think yeah. plenty of saved archive of this at this point. Yeah. For hell, we got video now. Exactly. We got audio now. Exactly, and um, it was sent to me. Um, I put it out there, and it took off. And you got the audio. And um, here's the thing: deny it all they want, or admit it, or don't say anything at all. I mean. Was it really necessary? It doesn't matter who said it at this point. It's the fact that something it was, and and I get it. They're partying. They're probably tanked. We all saw video of Gasol just blitzed out of his mind during the day. <laughs> Norman um, Powell was like super. Norman Powell yeah, was dude. wasted. So I get it. They're enjoying it, but my goodness. And you also look at the other side too. Obviously, if it's, I'm sure Ty will talk about this more. The audio clearly sounds like it's Fred, and I get why Fred is saying it because he's gonna want to be on Kawhi's good side. He doesn't want to see that guy leave Toronto and wear another team's colors, so he's gonna try to rile him up like, "Hey, we did it here, you know? They didn't do like this in San Antonio, and yeah, f pop and da 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 da." And then you know he's trying to make a con- he doesn't see Kawhi Leonard make the announcement. They leave me Canada, which we all think he is gonna do it. Nevertheless, Ty, 
you and I replayed that over oh, and over again. Yeah, we did. Isolate. Uh, I'm getting. I'm still getting trashed on on social media. So people calling me out for saying that I picked the wrong guy. That was Castleberry. But my goodness, Ty. Let's be, let's be honest. If we're Spurs fans, we Zapruder filmed this. We we Zapruder this. Oh yeah, we did. He is Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> yeah, it's so. If you listen to it, because you're going, and Max said this too, where he just confirmed our theory, where it's Fred Van Vliet has a obvious voice, where compared to everyone, any other voices that are in this audio, where Fred Van Vliet has a very deep, deeper voice, while Castleberry has a more higher pitch voice compared to the voices that you hear. And so, as a result, you hear the first one is clearly. Let's let's pull this audio up real quick. So that's Fred. And the guy that just yelled "Hey" is clearly it's clearly Castleberry to us. That's Castle. And then that's a deeper that's a deeper voice right there. And then so, yeah, you it's you hear the deeper voice, and then suddenly you hear Castleberry, the higher pitch voice, kind of yelling "Yeah!" Whatever yeah. is going on. Then there's the muffled one, which is. It's later in the video, but it's, it's clearly that deeper voice again, so it has to be Fred Van Fleet. And Fred sets it up, too, at the end, where he says, I don't want to do y'all dirty like this, but... And then he puts the phone down, and then the F-bomb uh, is unleashed. And uh, look, and, and like I'm trying to be devil's advocate here. If there are some people saying that it was fine, maybe you give them the first one. Okay, maybe it wasn't Fred. But that last one, that last one for me cinches it. That it that Fred pops in one. Then, sorry, I accidentally pressed it on accident, but we'll go with it. So this is this where I see this thing. Like. And you can hear you can also hear Castleberry yelling in the background as he's saying it yeah. too. So. Like I com- I completely understand. And there's there's a couple of viewpoints out there. There's there's the first one that you know. Fred Van Vliet should not be saying this and respect pop. And that's one of them. And absolutely. I mean, that's pretty much the camp that I'm sitting in right now. And then there's the other side that people are saying they're at a championship parade. They're super drunk. Just like Jeff was saying, you know, they, they're, it's, it's kind of, it's not warranted, but it's expected that people are going to be saying some crazy stuff. Um, <clears throat> but what it comes down to is it's, it's idiotic, regardless of who said it, regardless of, it being said, it's it's idiotic because if it wasn't for Pop, Kawhi wouldn't be there. <laughs> if yeah. it wasn't for the Spurs, Toronto wouldn't be there. <laughs> so I don't know why Fred Van Vliet even has to think about this. And and Kawhi is obviously in the video. You can see he's oblivious to the whole the whole situation yeah, he going on. He's just he's just enjoying himself, which is typical Kawhi. Um, and so it's like you moron this the reason why you won is because Popovich traded Kawhi or, or, you know, Popovich and the organization, the Spurs organization traded Kawhi to Toronto. That is the only reason why you guys got over that hump. Not to mention a bunch of other things like, you know, all the injuries to golden state. LeBron was out of LeBron was out of the East. Um, you know, uh, you can talk about luck, uh, a couple of lucky bounces and stuff like that. So it's like ultimately it comes down to Popovich and the Spurs traded Kawhi to Toronto. So if there's anybody that you need to be thinking and not saying fuck you to, it's that guy. <laughs> but ultimately, I can guarantee you Popovich doesn't care. Popovich is like, 
<laughs> he's just gonna laugh yeah. exactly like how how him and Timmy did when um who was it the guy from the Mavericks the center from the Mavericks um how, oh um Majir Majir you're talking about <clears throat> what's his name Majiri or uh Majiri yeah yeah Majiri Majiri like got into Duncan's face and then immediately after that Duncan and, and Pop started laughing at him like dude what are you doing this is gonna be the same exact situation. Like if 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 we could replace Ujiri with with Fred Van Vliet and Fred Van Vliet was trying to get into somebody's face on the bench, it's just like Popovich is gonna be laughing. I'm like, Dude, I, well, well, here's a, here's, a, here's a couple of things. When the Spurs won the 2014 title, um, I got to cover the River Parade, and then I got to go cover their um, private dinner uh, to to a certain degree. And not one time, not one time in that one instance on the river or when they got out of the boats and they went to go talk to the media before they had their dinner or any Spurs drunk. Kawhi Leonard was even killed. He was just toting around his MVP uh, trophy and they did their media session and then they bounced. The closest I could think of any former Spur champion getting wasted was Aaron Baines. Um, <laughs> when he looked at the Why camera. Why is that the one player I like, thought hey, it was? Guys, Why was that the guys. one player I was thinking of? <laughs> And then all, all the the only f bomb you heard was Tim Duncan telling him to shut the fuck up. That was it. That's the only f bomb you heard. That is a classic but, moment that will live forever. And bless you, Aaron Baines, for giving that to us. Yeah, exactly. But uh, in in to my knowledge, and even when I was in the Spurs locker room, uh, only Corey Joseph was blitzed, and Dia was trying to get me drunk with him, and. Um, of course, Dia. Yeah, Dia. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that Dia. I remember putting the microphone in front of him. And then he just looked at me, answered the question, and then he put his arm around me and grabbed a, a beer out of his locker and goes, "Here, have one with me." It's like what? So, um, but I've yes, never Jeff. seen any Spurs <laughs> act out like that. No Spurs <laughs> act like that, the way uh, Van Fleet did. Um, but I, I, I still feel like, man, you know, I, I, I don't want to look like a dumbass. You know, down the road, and then somebody say like, "Oh, it comes out that it was Castle," and then like, "Oops, my bad." But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who said it; it was said. Exactly. So it's a bad look, no matter what. But oh well. Yeah, no matter how you look at it, yeah, it's a bad. Look. Van Fleet, you say fuck pop. Well, fuck you, Van Fleet. <laughs> that's my f bomb for. The, that's my two f bombs for the day. Well, you we'll know, you know, if, if Kawhi is still a member of the uh, Raptors next season, I'd mean, be like a double boo night. Oh yeah, I, I, it's go, it's gonna be fun, and and I know that. No, 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 no. I needed more. You're gonna get plenty <laughs> of it. So. <laughs> yeah, he's they're, they're gonna get it roasted, and even regardless, if Kawhi, regardless, of, yeah, regardless of Kawhi's there or not, I mean, Fred Van Vliet is enemy number one from Toronto at this point. All right. That was a quick heel turn. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Jeff, I know that you got to go. So where can they find you and all your amazing content? Yeah, uh, go out to the Spurs Zone, News for San Antonio, fox29sanantonio.com. Uh, just because it is the offseason, Spurs step out there. Case in point, Fred Van Vliet. Um, <laughs> so go check out the uh, Spurs Zone um, at News for San Antonio and Fox29SanAntonio.com. Don't forget to go to the Lockdown Spurs, part of the Lockdown NBA Network. Uh, sometime this week, I don't know when, but the higher-ups are going to release our uh, Lockdown NBA Network um, mock draft. Ooh. Obviously, I represent Ooh. the Spurs, so we only need the first round. So uh, <laughs> check out <laughs> and find out who I picked at 19 uh, and damn, I was going to ask. Can you give us a hint this week? Can you I give, give you a hint? Give us a hint. Okay, 
I don't know if it's a hint because it's kind of norm for the Spurs, but there was one foreigner. All right, I know oh who it God. is. I know who it is, and we'll talk about okay. it next break. So, And then also, another reason why I go to the Spurs zone, because we have a summer camp invitee, Mac Pena, who's uh, trying out for the Spurs zone. He's been writing a couple you're, of uh, articles. His, his recent one was about one of the uh, Spurs uh, workout guys before the uh, draft. Uh, brace yourself, and Mac knows this. It was another <laughs> guard. Go find out who it was at the Spurs zone. All right, well... Thank you again, Jeff. You can also find him on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. We'll be right back after this, and we're going to talk some some draft and come in some maybe some free agency. We'll be right back. Hey guys, have you ever listened to At the Line and then suddenly think, "Huh, I kind of want to make my own podcast." Well, guess what? I have something that's going to be the best tool for you in starting off you, your podcast. It's called Anchor. And this is what we use here at the line. One, it's absolutely free to use. And guess what? I know some of our hosting websites, they cost money to have you start your podcast, host it, and all that. Anchor doesn't do that. It's absolutely free. And there's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer if you don't have all the equipment that you want. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so you don't have to go to all these other websites and figure out, how do what what do I put? How do I get this? It's so confusing. Anchor, although, makes it easy for you, and they will put your podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many a more podcasting websites. And guess what? The best part of it, you can make money from your podcast, but no minimum listenership. That means you can do your podcast for free while making money. Who doesn't love that? And it's everything that you need to make your podcast in one place so make sure to download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started on your free podcast i'm jonathan sanford former voice of the san antonio spurs you're listening to at the line podcast and we're back after a legendary moment that i did not record we can't get them all, man. I'm, I'm disappointed in myself. Because Jeff did not know how to disconnect from Discord. <laughs> Literally, he was like a couple of minutes trying to figure this out. It, it was beautiful. <laughs> and I didn't record it. Like a dumbass. Alright, so... Let's go ahead and get started with some NBA drafts. Because this is the, the big... everybody's been waiting for. As so, just to keep everyone up to date, we are recording this on Monday, June 17th at 10.17 p.m. Because shit can change at any point at this at this time of the season. Because I remember yeah. I remember the last time, one, the one time that we recorded, I think we just wrapped up, I think it was the week before the trade deadline. And as soon as we ended recording <coughs> and I uploaded, uh... What's his name from the Tobias Harris got traded in that late night <laughs> trade? I'm like, you gotta be shitting me, really? You decided to pick a trade and out right after I post it. Didn't that also happen with Portland too during the playoffs? I wonder if it, like I thought we were recording and then something happened in the playoffs and we were like, oh crap, this is dated already. I think so. I don't know. <laughs> I forgot. But so we're gonna go ahead and get started with this. All right, so. We have a few guys that we, we, we've been talking in, 
in the messages and saying who we like to pick at 19, 29, stuff like that. You oh, and wait, I. So hold, so hold on, hold on. So the Spurs this year have two first round picks. Yes. And one second. The, they have the 19th, which is their own pick. And then they have the 29th from the Toronto trade. And then they have the 49th. So, so that's good. So All right. there's going to be, there's going to be three draftees. <clears throat> if no trade happens or anything like that, it's just the Spurs straight up just pick pick the guys they want, but no trades needed. So, so I have an I have an idea of who I want at nineteen. You have an idea who you want at nineteen, and they both are very different. <laughs> Wait, didn't you take a poll of this? How did the poll go? Uh, did I do a poll? I, I thought you did a poll. I don't know if I did a poll. I've been doing too many polls lately. <laughs> You have been doing too many polls. You've been doing quite a bit, of, quite a few polls. You're right. <laughs> hey, I, hey, I gotta, I gotta put, I gotta compete with Jeff, man. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta compete with something. I gotta give him, I gotta give him a test. But, but yeah, okay. So, who is your 19? Who do you want at 19? My number if one. The Spurs do, if the Spurs do no trades and get to keep their 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 draft picks as they are, who do you want? I think the perfect person that I think is my per- my perfect prospect for 19 would be Mathis Tybel. <laughs> hold, hold on. I, oh damn, I didn't I, I forgot to pull the audio, but just just for audio. just for you, Mac. <laughs> I know I know you're laughing at me. I don't care. Oh, God. Tybel, he's probably the best de- he's probably the best defender in this class. He is has that 6'5, <laughs> 7-foot wingspan. He can guard. He's kind of a guard forward mix, but he's the best wing defender in this draft. And yeah. the thing that the Spurs need is a really good another wing defender to add on to this Spurs defense. Tebul is not going to be guarding threes and fours. He'll barely be able to guard the threes. They're, they're too big for him. But he's switchable this, though. This dude looks like a twig. He's not going to be able to. He's not going to be able to hold his own against. He's going to be like another Bertans. Like if you put him against a Paul Millsap. Of course, Paul Pelius plays the four, but if you put him like up against a bigger guy, like Bertans couldn't guard Paul Millsap um, or Plumley because he's just he's just too small. His physical stature wise, he's he's just too small. Even though he's just as tall, might weigh just as much as him, he he's just he doesn't have a lot of muscle mass. The same thing with Tapel. If you put him on a bigger wing, like a three, he's gonna get eaten alive. He can probably guard the one twos really, really well, but if you put him on a bigger person, he's gonna get eaten. It's not. It's just not a good matchup for but, him. All right. So we saw how how tall is Derek White? How tall is Derek White? Six five. Hold on. We're doing the Google. He's six five. So he would be essentially the same height as as Mathis. Right. Well, he was guarding Kawhi Leonard. He's like six seven. No, Patty what? Mills did a really good job of, of guarding. And okay. Patty Mills, see, well, see, you is, just the, added more to my argument here. No, 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 hold on. But the thing is, like, the reason why Patty Mills did a great job against Kawhi Leonard is because Kawhi Leonard didn't do, didn't drive on him. You, Kawhi Leonard was just standing trying to take the twos. Like that's it. If you have, if Kawhi Leonard really wanted to, really wanted just to kick everybody's ass, he would have. Come on. This dude smashed a weight machine like <laughs> from from his own power. This dude is insane. But so, but Tybal, he's he's also one. He's a fast. If you look at any footage of him, he, this dude is quick, especially if it's a straight line. Because there was videos someone posted where he he pickpocketed a pass, 
chase down the ball, straight line going from court. I want to say coast to coast, and maybe like three, four seconds, maybe less. <clears throat> it's yeah, but I mean that's that's not what the Spurs need right now. The Spurs a, don't need another guard that's going to be really that's that's going to be defensively good and then shoot the three okay. Um, because what I think his three point shot was like in the thirty, like the high thirties. Yeah, he's a streaky shooter. That's where his because. Out of any of these players, you're always – and, of course, with any prospects, you're going to have strengths and then you have weaknesses. It's you're, right. it's Unless you're Zion, and Zion still has some weaknesses, but still. But this dude is – he is an athletic defender, and we've seen that before with Kawhi and DeJounte Murray. And essentially, this dude is an our DeJounte Murray, especially coming from Washington. So who who doesn't want two DeJounte Murrays? And and I know like people are are completely like, there's some people that are like, oh, they have the Washington, you know, the Washington, the, the University of Washington thing, and uh, you know they're from the same area. But it's just like, I don't want another person that can't shoot. <laughs> like, it, I, I'm glad he's a great defender, but if he can't shoot the three or he can't like he can't handle the ball, like no, we 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 don't need that. If we're gonna get a defender, we need somebody that can that can guard. The bigger guys, you know, your your forwards, they can be like a, a combo forward and, and be able to guard them well. But then also at the same time, be able to put up some points if they need to. And so that's definitely not a typo at all. All right, so. I would take him with the 29th, like if he was there for the 29th, or I would, you know, if the Spurs have the opportunity to move up for him um, after the 19th, you know, sure, I would package, I would maybe make a move for him depending on who's there, but yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't go for him at the 19th. I just think the 19th is a stretch for him. So who would you go for at the 19th then? Who's your number one target within that range? That's kind of hard. At, at this point, in the very beginning, I think I, I thought I had one, um, which is Grant Williams. Because to me, Grant Williams is is that is, is very similar, and his, his build is very similar to that Draymond Green, P.J. Tucker style. And that's, I think, what exactly the Spurs need. They need a utility player that has a high motor, that has this high sense of the game because if you look at at Grant Williams's tape, this dude he he makes these crazy steals, he makes these crazy de- defensive plays where it's like he's not even trying. And there's just one play where like it, I think it's like the ball's behind his back and somehow, or the the, the offensive player's behind his back and then somehow he's like he just taps it away and he strips it and then he goes up for for the layup. It, it's I mean his sense of the game, his IQ is it's just it's, it's really really high. Um, and like I said, he has a really high motor and he shoots fairly well for a big guy too. I think he's, his three point shot is like upwards of, of like the low forties. Um, so and he's, he's a naturally big dude. He's six, eight with like a six, nine wingspan. So it's still pretty good. He's just a big dude. And, and that's what I'm saying. He's his, what he would be very similar to would be like a Draymond Green, PJ Tucker style. And we saw how important they are. Draymond Green, despite all his shortcomings, is a huge component. And 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 and, he, and people say he's the engine of that Golden Spurs, Golden State Spurs, Golden, <laughs> Golden State <laughs> Warriors, <laughs> Golden State Warriors team. Like I'm already mashing him up. Um, so people, you know, people. That's what people do. People, people say that he's the engine. He's the, he's the thing that makes it going. Yeah, this this playoff series didn't do too well for him. I think he was forcing a lot um, against Toronto and and trying to do too much because they didn't have a lot to work with. But 
and then you go to PJ Tucker and you look at the type of player he is and you saw how valuable he was to Houston. Um, I honestly think if it wasn't for PJ Tucker, they wouldn't have have gotten out of that second round or sorry, they wouldn't have done well in that second round as, as well as they did. Um, PJ Tucker came up huge for them. So that's the type of person we need. But with that being said, um, I think initially it was Grant Williams, but at this point, I think it's, it's gotta be some, some type of forward, um, whether it's Grant Williams, P, uh, PJ Washington, uh, Brandon Clark, if he happens to fall, Nasir Little, um, somehow if uh, Ryu, Rui, Rui Hachimura might be there, and he would be good. Um, I think any of those guys would be great at 19. And then, of course, you have Goga, and then... Yeah, uh, let's talk about... Goga let's go into Goga a little bit, since we've seen... I've seen a lot more... A lot more, I don't know how to say it, a lot more trending towards him for 19th where This dude could be a pretty damn yeah. good player, including from yourself. Re- recently, recently, uh, there's been a lot of mock drafts that have had the Spurs taking Goga at 19. And and there was a few, like in the very beginning, there was very sporadically here and there people placing Goga on, on the Spurs. But I think at that point, it was more because of the fact that people for some reason can't get out of this narrative that the Spurs only draft um, international players. But so, and, and yeah, you're right. It recently, he's been picking up a lot, a lot more. He's been showing up a lot more in, in these, um, in these drafts going to the Spurs at 19. And it's, he's a skilled center. And what I've been seeing is that he can score from anywhere that he wants. This dude is, he adds a lot of space to the floor. Yep, Exactly. And, and, and now nowadays you need that from your center. You need the center to be able to space the floor, um, you know, open up those driving lanes for, for your slashers. So imagine DeJounte Murray having an open lane because there's no, there's no, um, there's no center defensive center, in, you know, in the middle of the paint because they're guarding Gogo on the wing. So DeJounte Murray would just have a field day and maybe even catching lobs too. So it, it'd be crazy. All right. To go ahead and move on to the 29th to 2019. Whoa, whoa, 2019. Hold on, hold on. Wait, hold, hold on. on. You got more? We forgot about Sikoa Dembuya. Sikoa, where is he? Sikoa Dembuya. He's Six a, a Canadian-born French professional. Yeah. And he's lauded to be the next Christophe Porzingis. I think, ever, Porzingis. I think there, there's too many Christophe Porzingis, like, no, no, upcoming no, no, players Christophe Porzingis mixed with Pascal Siakam, like... Ooh. Imagine, imagine that fusion of of those two players together, like the the shooting ability of of Kristaps plus Siakam's like just his overall game, like how fluid he is in the court. Because I mean, Siakam is really really smooth. So, and that is Sokoa Dimbuya. Like that kid looks amazing for for being, and he's eighteen. This dude is eighteen, but but. They haven't projected going like top ten, so the Spurs would have to make some moves in order to exactly. in order to, to snatch him. But the Spurs have been. I mean, RC was was seen at one of his workouts. Um, you know, he's he's been around, so it's getting very exciting. <laughs> All right, so let's go. Let's move on to the 29th pick, where this dude that I'm about to talk about, I think he was one of the first guys that rumors started spread talking about where the Spurs were looking at him. That would be Luca. I've been Ooh, saying yeah. I've been saying semantic semantic. I think it's semantic. Semantic. Yeah, he's like Polish or not Polish, but he's Lithuanian. He's, Croa- like he's Croatian. 
but corrosion. We're just gonna go. call him Luca because Luca's a badass name now for for a basketball player. Well, we would have the better Luca, that's for sure. Damn. <laughs> but Ooh, but the dude, I can't even remember Luke, the other Luca's name. Luca Doncic. But this dude's six ten. He's kind of an hard KP type prospect. Not seventh. I know that KP is like seven three and he has pretty damn good athleticism for his size. But this dude is known off. Luca has way better athleticism. <laughs> yeah, he has way better athleticism. He can score. He's better at. He's a good defense defensive player. He can shoot outside, shoot inside. And I always like a big man. I like. I always like a stretch four. Stretch four is always a kind of. Because it just causes, it allows more space, allows utility players. I love when Aldridge decides to shoot a three because it stretches the floor more often. I wish he took it more, but I know how the Spurs work. They want players to go to their strengths. But I really like Luca at twenty nine. Yeah, I mean, and and I definitely, I definitely like him at twenty nine. Also, my only hesitation is he he hasn't played against high competition. I mean, he was in Barcelona B, which is not even the main league in, in the Euro league. So he, you know, it's, it's obvious why he showed out because his competition wasn't that high. However, he did show out in the draft combine and surprised a lot of people. And he has been to San Antonio quite often too. I think he's been here a couple of times, if not for sure once, um, and I think he's he's definitely enjoyed it. So I can definitely see the Spurs taking him at twenty nine if he's if he's still available. Um, Spurs fans, this is going to be a project. He's probably about a year or two, maybe about two or three years away from actually being serviceable. But once he is, he will be amazing. So I think. So what I'm seeing is that the nineteenth pick is going to be the one that comes to the team now. It's going to be kind of like Lonnie Walker was. Might play in Austin, might play for the main team occasionally. While the 29th pick is going to be more of maybe plays with them, but could also be a kind of a project player. I think I think that's I think kind it, of how it's going. Yeah, I think it depends on, on how they go. So, like, obviously the 19th, the 19th, I think you're right, is going to be a Lonnie Walker type. It, depending on who they choose, like, if they go the route of, of choosing a guard, like, let's say they, they choose Ty Jerome, or if they choose, which wouldn't be smart, they or should, if they choose Tybul. Damn right, they choose Tybul. I think, <laughs> I think they would spend more time in the G League just because of our situa- our guard situation. But I think if you have a, uh, if you have a bigger guy, uh, you know, a three, four, five guy, uh, combo forward, then they would probably get more time with the the main team, just the center. If and this is this is all depending on how um, Rudy Gay does and you know or what the free agency looks like for Rudy Gay and if they bring him back or not or if they bring somebody else. But yeah, I think right. the 19th will probably be seeing some more minutes um, on the first team, and then definitely the 29th. It could be that they do a, stra- a stash and draft, or they immediately just send them to they send them on a two way contract where they spend a lot of their time in Austin, or. You know, like let's say they go with somebody like Chuma Okiki, which he looks amazing too. However, he's coming off of a really bad injury. I think it was his knee. Is it is it was ACL? Yeah. So um, if they choose Chuma, you know, he's going to be rehabbing the entire year. So you don't really spend those minutes on him, which is great. But um, at the same time, of course, he's not going to be getting any any play. However, he will have an entire year and development with the Spurs 
you know, spurs development and, and, and training medical staff to get better. And we all know how good they are. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> but, you know, um, so I think it wouldn't be a bad pick. You know, I think Chumo Kiki would be great. Lucas Samanich would be great. Um, KP, I think it's KP or KZ Okpala would be really nice too. Um, if somehow Grant Williams, like if Grant Williams falls to, to the 29th, grabbing him would be stellar. Um, I think the Spurs right now have, or, or this draft can really define the next 10 years for five to 10 years for, for the, for the franchise. And it's going to be extremely important because right now the Spurs have, and if you don't believe this, look, you know, I'm not just saying you type or saying you type, but in general, if whoever's listening doesn't believe this, the Spurs are actually a really young team. No <laughs> outside, way. I never would have out, known. <laughs> outside of Lamarcus, um, outside of like our fringe players, like it's, Quincy Pondexter and stuff. They have a really young core. Every like I think the the core the young guys are under twenty five. So you have Dejounte, Derek, Bryn, Jakob Pertle, Me Too, Metu. It's Metu. It's not Me Too. I always mess that up. Metu. And then these these two new guys coming in, and whoever the forty ninth is. I mean, they're everybody was born in like in the year nineteen ninety seven or something, which is ridiculous. It's crazy. Or nineteen ninety five, like it's it's insane. Yeah, so, so if, if you if you look at the roster, Lonnie's the youngest at twenty. I think he's twenty because he's younger than me. Yeah, he hasn't even Dejounte's legal to drink. That's why he always goes traveling. I see you, Lonnie. I see you. I see you. Why Dej- you always go to like destinations? Dejounte is twenty two. <laughs> Pirtle is twenty three. Derek White's twenty four. Brent is twenty five. Bertans is twenty six. DeRozan. Then it kind of like once you start getting to some more roller players, then it becomes older. Demar's only twenty nine; he's going to turn thirty this season. Yeah, Patty's only thir- Patty. Pretty, Patty just turned like, thirty. Then the two the two young oldest guys on the team are only thirty three, and Lamarcus and Marco. So it's a good I'm mix. It's a good mix. I'm telling you, man. I mean, we went from having like forty year old players on the team. Bless, bless you, Monarch Nobly and Tim Duncan. Um, you know, we went from having forty-year-old players on the team to having people that can't even drink. Like it's it's insane how the youth only one guy can't drink, through. but it's guys it's guys on the good side of twenty. Right, right, exactly. We we still have a lot of youth to build, um, or we have youth, and they're surprisingly good youth too. So, do you have any second round players that you might think of? Because I know that we haven't really been focusing on second round at all. I have like yeah, one. There's... I have like one guy in, in mind. There's, go, um, go with yours. I think his name is Dylan Windler. Dylan Windler. Yeah, I think that's his name. He's like a 6'8", you know, 3 and D type player. He's he's pretty good. Um, I can't think of anybody else right now at this point. Uh, I like Matt Mooney from Tech just because I, I saw some of his games. He's he's a older 6'3 point guard, but he's more of that playmaking point guard that the Spurs could possibly use coming off the bench if needed. Or can develop with, just seeing that he's a second rounder to undrafted. That, that all I'm saying is they better not get anybody that's under six three anymore for playing the guard position. Yeah, we already have Patty and Brent for that. <laughs> all right, so you when we cannot, so when anymore. when we come back, we're going to take your questions from Twitter, and we're also going to talk about some other stuff going around the NBA because damn, there's a lot.
All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> I'm Ty Yeager, and I want to introduce you to the Rise Up Podcast community, a community for podcasters created by podcasters, dedicated to the promotion and growth of podcasts everywhere. Rise Up is not a network. There are no contracts and no control over your content. Just a vessel for you to spread the word of your work and connect with the fellow podcasters to collaborate, create, and promote. And guess what? It doesn't cost you a single cent to join the community. Join the Rise Up Podcast community today by visiting our website at bit.ly slash community and follow the community on Twitter at rupodcommunity. Again, that's bit.ly slash community and at rupodcommunity on Twitter. Come and join the community of podcasts and rise up with us. Rise Up Podcast Community. I had to throw that in there. I like Damien. That was Damien. That was, da- was Damien making that buzzer beater send Thunder home. Oh, against OKC. That was so sweet. <laughs> I, I had to put that in because I, I... All right. I know I'm not a true Spurs fan whenever I have a second team in the Western Conference, but I really like Portland. You a ho. Just kidding. <laughs> Boy. Wow. <laughs> all right. And that wraps it up for this episode. No. <laughs> Jackass. Damn. Well, now I don't know where to go with this. No, I, I agree. Portland <laughs> Portland would have been nice if they would have done something yeah, but, more. But Por- I like Portland. That's my second team that I cheer for. Mayor's Leonard MVP, bro. Mayor Leonard. Miles Le- it's Miles, not Mayor. Myers. It's Myers. Oh, fudge. Whatever, Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> the better Leonard. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get started with this NBA roundup, because we got a lot to talk about. So first... Let's talk about the biggest thing that's going around here real quick. Anthony Davis is now a Laker, or will be a Laker on like July 6th or something. In return, the Pelicans robbed the Lakers of Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Kevin Hart, the fourth round pick for this one. Also, how the hell did they get the fourth round pick? I mean, the fourth overall pick. Even regardless of that, like... They control the Lakers' future for a long, long time. I think they have oh, like yeah, they, five or six compensatory draft picks. They have, I want to say it's three other ones and then add in like two pick swaps or something like that. Yeah, like it's freaking ridiculous. Yeah, so the Lakers got robbed. Let's, let's be honest. And they only have like five guys on actual contracts going into this offseason. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, this is, I guess you can say this is the Kawhi Leonard effect. Like, you have to go big in order to win. It's and that's not, what I don't we think saw it's Kawhi do. And I don't know if, because it also happened with Paul George, that Paul George showed that you can actually bring in a player and they will can re- possibly resign with you. And then add in Kawhi Leonard, where if you're going big, go big, you can possibly win the championship, even if it is a one year rental. I don't even know if it was the Paul George thing because Paul George went as a free agent. He, no, he wasn't. No, he got tra- oh, no, he, he got traded. He got traded from Indiana. That's how. See, that's how the Thunder got Oladipo at one point. He didn't request that trade though. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's not, that's a good point about it. 
like he didn't he wasn't the one that was forcing himself out of Indiana. It just it just so happened to happen. But like we saw, you know, Kawhi Leonard force him force his way out of San Antonio, and then AD essentially did the same thing and forcing his way out of New Orleans. Like he, they put him in a bad spot. However, New Orleans did did wait out the year. Um, just like San Antonio did, and also, know, and AD didn't have a big injury like Kawhi did that took him out for all right. but nine games. Right, the leverage, you know, New Orleans. I would say New Orleans had more leverage than the Spurs did in in that in that um, trade. Exactly, and but this also plays on the Lakers being desperate as hell Absolutely. when their fans are having a protest outside of their stadium, yeah. their arena. Giant, giant air quotes. <laughs> giant air quotes. Unlike their crowd size. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the Lakers were desperate. That whole organization is a mess. Even though they did get AD, it's still a damn mess. And there was a funny comparison I saw someone tweet out. Because remember in, I want to say 2012, 2011, uh, a 34-year-old Kobe got the Lakers to trade for a 26-year-old Dwight Howard. How did that work out for them? Yeah. And guess but, guess how old guess how old uh LeBron is? <laughs> Tell me how old. Thirty four years old. How old is Anthony Davis? Twenty six. Damn right. So this should not go bad at all. Even though yeah. they're doing the same same thing. <laughs> you know you know, this is something that's that startles me more. And this is just like one of those random infographics that I saw that under LeBron James or around LeBron James, he's had 42 trades around his teams. 42. Like that's just that's insane. That's mind blowing. That's mind blowing. That's insane. I don't know. Crazy. Also, I love that Laker fans were saying how great Lonzo and Brandon Ingram were going to be. And suddenly, nah, they're trash now. <laughs> you know, I, okay. So like, I think... And I don't want to talk about this very much, but I think the Pelicans did really well for the return. Oh, for you know, sure. They got they got very young they got very young play or young players that have potential if they're developed well, and then they have a ton of draft picks. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, they've set up really good to, for the future for themselves, and I think they have a pretty good young core. Like they have Lonzo Ball, or they're going to have Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday. Drew can slide over to his natural position as a shooting guard. But they have Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart. Um, so far, not Julius Randle, but you know because he just recently declared for that he wanted to test the free market agency. But you know that's that's a good foundation right there for for going forward. Exactly. And so let's go on and move on to the next big story that happened happened earlier, which was the friction between. James Harden and Chris Paul and the turmoil that's going on in Houston right now, which is, it's a bomb. <laughs> As Spurs fans, I'm laughing maniacally, so. Oh, man. There's... You know what? Our buddy our buddy David actually posted a really cool tweet. Um, David Alvarez, shout out to you, bro. At Deep deep dave three i think or something like that anyways but he posted he posted harden's exit interview and harden was mentioning something about he's like oh yeah we'll figure it out during the summer or or you'll he's like i already know what to do i already know what we need to do he's like you guys will see by the summer so it's like did they really mean that he was that cp3 wanted out was that that turmoil there already starting by that time 
Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, so it said there's in a ESPN article by Tim Mac McMahoney. McMahoney? McMahon? I can't say his name. All right, but he there's friction between Harden and Paul, the franchise suit the two max guys, which Chris Paul should not have a max contract. That's all being there. But because Chris Paul, I think Eric Gordon and Clint Capella have been shopped on the market lately. But a high-ranking team official told told ESPN, "There's too much damn turmoil." Jesus, that's this is horrible, man. There was a, there was stuff like um where Paul was yelling at a uh, Dan Tony and telling him, "Leave Harden off the court. I'm gonna I'm gonna coach the second unit here." Did that really happen? Yeah, I. On on court tension reportedly got to do with the point that Paul cherished the chance to play without Harden on the floor and barked at Mike D'Antoni to keep Harden on the bench while he was running the second unit. Damn. Wow. Yeah. So there's turmoil there. We're laughing maniacally. It's exploded way before we even knew. Oh yeah, they they've been exploding. And Jesus, honestly, didn't I? I know some people were calling it calling it whenever Chris Paul got joined, like. How are these two going to really work? Because these two are both alpha dogs, and Chris Paul is not known for his, I would say his court his courtmanship when it comes to his fellow players. No, oh, yeah, and I think I mean that was a huge that was a huge contention when they first signed him both. It was like these two are both ball dominant players. Like, how are you going to make it work? And then of course, you know, the the media tried to stuff it down their faces, like, oh, they're making it work and they're playing they're playing really well. It's like Okay, so why haven't they gone anywhere during the playoffs? <laughs> They're still not doing anything. It's just you can't have that. Like unless unless one of them is going to take a backseat to the other, which I don't think anybody wants to do that at this point. It's, it's not going to happen, guys. It's not. All right, uh, let's talk about the KD injury real quick because I know we we essentially have to catch up on all this. So <laughs> well, KD is going to be out for a full year with a with a ruptured Achilles. Which, oh god, that's so. Just that video is just so. Oh, it's so horrible. It that's horrible and so painful to watch. And that's not even the only injury we also had to talk about because we also had to talk about Clay's Clay Thompson's ACL. Where, how the hell did that dude go back there and did shoot free throws? Let's be honest. How the hell did he do that? <laughs> Mamba mentality, bro. That was definitely a Kobe moment. I mean, that was crazy. I don't know, but <clears throat> with those two injuries, no matter where KD goes. So KD's out for a year. We already know that. And mm-hmm. the real question, though, with KD is, is he going to sign with our team even though they know that he's going to be out? Or is he just going to re-sign with the Warriors, make his $26 million a year on his player option for not playing a year? <laughs> you know what? I think he's he's in a good spot right now. Like, either way, he wins. Because yes, Because... You, you know, even if he does end up staying with the Warriors, he still makes $26 million. He can rehab on their own dime and then test the markets in 2020, you know, and then by that time, he should be back to full health. So, um, but, but the question, though, when it comes to if he signs with another team, is that other team going to sign, sign him to max money next year? Wait, hold on. We know. Hold on. There's an organization that we all know that would do that. It's called the Knicks. <laughs> no, but seriously, but what, if you're an imposing team that actually wants KD and has a chance for him, say the Knicks, would you 
would you sign him to a max contract, which means he would get paid max money in his first year, even though he's not going to be playing that first year? You know what? I think this comes back to Kawhi Leonard. You know, you take a gamble on him. And I mentioned this, I, I tweeted this, I guess, a few days ago or last week or something. Kawhi Leonard's, the Kawhi Leonard saga is going to send, it's going to have a massive ripple effect on on how free agents and star players handle their handle their own destiny and i think eventually it's going to come to a point where where we might see a lockout because these you know these players are just not honoring their contracts or you know, it's a little more complicated than that and yeah, nuanced, it but it's it's just i think what majiri what majiri 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 did was he set a huge he set a huge precedent for hey you need to to swing for the fences sometimes in order to, to win a ring and it paid off his gamble paid off so i think the same thing now now katie's a little bit older but obviously he's still as talented um if not more talented offensively than Kawhi, um and just just offensively i'm not saying anything else <laughs> um so you know the Knicks have to think about it. Like, do we want to kind of go the route that, that Toronto did and possibly bring back a championship? And that's the gamble, you know? Do we gamble on KD coming back a full year or coming back after a full year being out and still being as good of a player? That's something that they're going to have to decide for themselves. Kawhi Leonard showed that it's possible. I mean, he sat out a full year, um, pretty much a full year. He only played nine games. But he sat out a full year, basically, and then Toronto said, you know what? Hey, we're going to take a gamble on it. We're going to take the risk. And their risk paid off a hundred, very handsomely. So, you know, I think I think teams are going to start looking at that differently. And especially because in New York, you have probably the best doctors in the world. So, absolutely, they can probably do something um, do something for KD. Now, are they going to sign him? You know, are they going to sign him for, for max contract? Maybe not. But would they say, hey, look, we, we'll do a one-for-one, one, and then next year, you know, we'll go ahead and sign you for the max contract if, if you're still, you know, if you still want it or, you know, if, you, if, if you've if you worked up to it or something like that. So, Okay, I see that. So, And then the last thing that we got to talk about with Clay's injury that and KD leaving, leave, most likely probably leaving Golden State, that kind of leaves the West kind of wide open for anyone to take. Yeah, I I think we also I mean what we saw this this past finals was was the tragic fall of of the Warriors dynasty um because they're such they're in such a dark place that they haven't been in for for you know since the bandwagon started um it's going to be really interesting to see how they go about this 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 year you know they're two of their starting five went down with serious injuries with with year-long injuries that are they're not going to be able to come back until the end of next year um so if the golden state warriors even make it to the playoffs um i'm not saying they won't i'm just saying if they do they're going to have a hard time um and just like people have been saying the 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 west is completely wide open at this point however i think the west is still probably still stacked I think it's still yeah more stacked than the East. I think the East is real top heavy, but I think the West still has more competition. Um, 
But yeah, so I think it's it's wide open though at this point because now you can't go into next year saying, oh, Golden State's going to take it easily. Exactly. Um, you know, like we've done in the past. So uh, yeah, I think I think this these these two injuries have really set a huge precedent or set a huge course correction for for the next the whole year. league as a the whole league as a whole. To be honest, yeah, the whole league. Yeah, it's 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 insane. It's unfortunate. Um, it's really really unfortunate. It sucks. And Toronto, you're you're kind of a bunch of dicks for, you know, how you first reacted to to Katie being injured, but um, <laughs> sorry, just had to take some jabs there, but no, um, I think uh, it, it really sucked, you know, really sucked to watch them go down like that for sure. All right, now let's move into our final segment of Q and A and hot takes, which we only got one hot take in this whole thing, but we take your questions from Twitter. I tweeted out from my account at Ty Yeager Radio. Mac also retweeted from his account at MacPen Media and from our main Twitter page at The Line Pod. And so we got a few questions from our good old friends and listeners. First, let's go ahead and start with a hot take from Spurs Legacy. His hot take says that the Spurs will be a top five West seed. I can agree with that. That's Just, not even a hot take, man. That's like right on, buddy. That's like perfectly cooked. <laughs> exactly. Unlike Mac, who, who nominated me for cold take. <laughs> I'm not gonna let yeah, that you, down. You deserve that one, dude. Really? One. I can't even remember. Is it Tybull? Really? Yeah, I think it was a Tybull one. Tybull at 19. No, you deserve it, bro. Own it. By the way, shout oh. out to shout out to Jay for putting us both on his first team All Spurs Twitter. So, thanks, That's Jay. Right. Jay is awesome. We we try our best to 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 keep you guys up to date and basically engaged in in the conversations so shout out jay so but spurs legacy asked which defensive duo, duo do you think will be better Dejounte murray and Derek white or lonzo ball and drew holiday which i purposely did not talk about that earlier because of this question and i say right now because we don't know how lonzo is with his injury we also don't know how Dejounte murray is with his injury and overall i think the upside, though, is for Dejounte and Derek White. I was gonna say it's that's an easy one. It's the one. It's the one that's already been, um, you know, they already have All NBA. Exactly. <laughs> Which is Dejounte Murray, who had made a second team All NBA defensive last season. Derek White got Derek, robbed. He got Derek, Derek White, White got, got robbed. robbed. He should have been there. I think he, but he he got robbed. He absolutely got robbed. So it's it's easy. There's only been, well, I mean, you have Drew on the other side, but. Lonzo Lonzo's pretty good defensively. While he's people kind of give him shit for his offensive side, I will say Lonzo is pretty damn good on defense. But I think Dejounte and Derek have the better upside. I think they're in a better development place too. Exactly. They, they like, I and I, I like Drew Holiday a lot. I, I like him as a player. So, I like him as as a person. Like he's he's a great player, and I wish he was on the Spurs team. But I just yeah, I, I get that. I, I, you know the, where they where they do where they will have the advantage over Dejounte and Derek is um, experience. Not Lonzo, but Drew. Yeah, Drew like, Holiday he, will have experience. He's a very intelligent player, and he's he has more years underneath his belt. Um, but fortunately, to you know to counter that. We have the Spurs development, so yeah, I think we'll be okay. Andrew Holiday is almost thirty years old too. So, all right, yeah. the next question comes from De Niro and Princess John. So, which one is it? 
<laughs> pick a name, buddy. But uh, he asks, do you see DeJounte making the leap this year to being one of the league's top point guards? Oh, yeah, this is John. He's from UTSA. He's a good dude. Oh, now you know who it is. <laughs> yeah, I know who you're talking about. I was trying to think. I was so, like trying to piece it together. So what do you think? Um, sorry, what was the question? So DeJounte. do you think DeJounte make, do you see DeJounte making a leap this year to being one of the top point guards in the league? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think this knee injury was a blessing in disguise. Um, cause he had the, he had the time to focus and work on his shot. And so, I mean, even last year, um, during the preseason, his shot looked much more improved than his his rookie year um and then now that he's had like a whole year to finesse that i think i mean i think that's gonna work that's gonna be people are gonna be blown away by his his improvement and the thing that the reason why i say that is because not many players or at least not that they've seen but Dejounte has that that hunger to him like he's just this, this kid knows nothing but like working his ass off, he has that drive. And he he has the chip on his shoulder, and that's that's the thing. He like he thinks the world and and he thinks the world is against him, and and that's a I mean in this case particular case it's a good thing. He thinks the world is against him, and so he's gonna do everything in his damn power to prove that wrong or to prove everybody wrong, and that's only gonna work in the Spurs' favor. Exactly. So, so yeah, I I definitely think he has he has that rare combination of hunger drive, passion, and then talent to bring it all together and take that next step. And then I'll also add on that before the injury, we clearly saw in his offseason work that he was really working into making his jump shot a better shot. And from all the other videos that we've seen now after his injury, his jump shot looks really, really well developed, much from much differently than it has that we've seen it at. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think he's, like I said, I think this um, this injury is kind of a blessing in disguise, or at least you could see it that way. You could look at it that way and say, "Hey, look, he took this time to develop his shot, and and it's gonna it's gonna prove valuable for him." Exactly. All right. So another question we got from Gabe at All Day Sports Talk. He asked for the idealistic Demar trade, but we don't really have time with it. But I like his second question, which was, "At what price would you want Danny Green back, if at all?" And I know. Okay, I, hold on. Let me let me address that first part real quick. Go ahead and go with the Demar trade part. Demar is not going to the Sixers for Jimmy Butler and some random dude <laughs> named Scott. It's not going to happen. Mike Scott. I'm sorry. Yeah, Mike Scott. That's just not going to happen. You're not going to trade. Jimmy Butler's per was is like a lot better. Not a lot better, but a little bit better than than Demar. There's no way in hell that Brett Brown is going to do that. No. Now there were some good ones out there. That had like Demar going to Charlotte or um, trade him to the Hawks. I mean, there are good trades packages for Demar out there, but um, realistically, I don't know if that's going to happen I, as much I as don't, I wanted to. I don't think. In my mind, I don't think I would want to trade Demar. I think I'd rather I'd rather keep him. And he has, I think he has that drive too, where he will develop himself especially having a full offseason with the spurs spurs organization which they know his strengths they we know his weaknesses now yeah so, i think that's that's the next it, it's my thing is just i don't i don't want to overpay for it for a oh, guy yeah, that I can't shoot three pointers yeah so i i think i told you this too where 
yeah, I don't expect him going anywhere this offseason, but I expect him to be a spur in 2020, but come 2021, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be here or he's not. And yeah, exactly. We'll come, the Spurs will come to that when the time comes. But And then the other question was, at what price would you want Danny Green back? I said this nope. on Twitter. I, you said no all entirely. I said, if we really need some depth <laughs> at that wing defender position, then I would think about Danny. But I don't really have any other reason to pick up Danny. We don't need another guard. If we just really... If we wanted someone at a low price, say that he wanted to go with a vet minimum or the the mid-level exception, and it just adds depth, then maybe. The yeah, next, if, go ahead. If you if you do pick up, if Danny does want to return to San Antonio and finish his career out here, bro, if the Spurs, I swear to God, if the Spurs give give him anywhere more than the vet minimum, I'd be so pissed. <laughs> I think you and many other people would be. I'd be so pissed. All right, and. The last question from our good old friend James at Everything Cavs. What free agency moves do you expect or want the Spurs to make this offseason? So I I actually want the Spurs. You know, there's this um, a Twitter handle by the name of, I think it's like B117 Barrage, something like that. I, I don't remember. But he actually has some really good ideas for, um, for offloading, <clears throat> like, Davis Bertans and Marco Bellinelli um, and still being able to retain Gay and still being able to sign, you know, Julius Randle or Nikola Vucevic. So people, there's, there's this, there's this belief and I think it's just in any, any sports fandom, but there's this belief that sometimes teams can't do anything, but that is so far from the actual truth. There's, I mean, people can, you have magicians sometimes that make things happen. We've seen it all the time where we're like, what the hell? How did Houston, how did Daryl Morey move Ryan Anderson's contract? Or, you know, even the Houston Rockets are still trying to move CP3. And it's like, how the hell are they doing that? How is it making it happen? The same thing with the Spurs. If the Spurs really wanted to move somebody, they could. You know, if they if they wanted to find a partner to, to do some type of trade, they could. If you wanted to, to, to get off... Davis Bertans contract because he played like crap against the Nuggets. You can you can trade him to a team that needs a three point shooter, um, a tall three point shooter for a second round pick, and that doesn't affect your your cap. You know your cap in the very beginning, and that gives you that allows you more room to you know to bring in somebody else like a free agent. Uh, yeah, free agent. So it's possible. The moves are out there. Um, what I'd like to see Julius Randle sign for the Spurs. Yeah, I've always I even thought that he should have come before he signed with New Orleans. Would I like to see Vucevic come to the Spurs? Absolutely. That would mean we don't have to, you know, sign, we don't have to draft Goga and get some, we can get somebody else. Um, would I like to see the Spurs move up in the draft to to get like DeAndre Hunter or um, Sequoia Dimbuya? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but unfortunately, you know, the worst thing about being a Spurs fan, we don't know what the hell they're thinking. <laughs> exactly. It's where you, us, the fans may have someone in mind, but Spurs are thinking completely different. They have someone right. else going. Um, I think the two, I, I think we need to resign. The Spurs need to resign Rudy Gay. That's the number one priority. I think that is their number one priority. He's looking pretty good, man. I he, mean, he's looking like he's, he's slimming down and he's kicking ass. He's there was a stat I saw where it was showing the player, the PER for players. 
before and after an Achilles injury and had a list of multiple players, he was the only player that had a better P- PER after an Achilles injury. Which is, do you think that? Do you think that's the reason why he's in this day? Because he's like, I don't, I don't think, no, I don't think so. Player. I'm not saying that that'd be a reason he's he'd stay, but just showing that it should show priority that the Spurs should keep him. This dude's playing better than he did before the injury. I think he fits right. well in the system. I think he has the drive, and he's can be a really good veteran presence that this Spurs team. I think this Spurs team would enjoy. Then also add on that he's a wing player, which the Spurs really need and have a lack of. So he can play that three, he can play the four, and that's a position the Spurs need. And so that's why I would I would prefer to keep to keep him. I think the other player I like is Hollis. What was his name? Hollis Jefferson. Hollis Jefferson. Ronda Hollis Jefferson. Yeah, Hollis Jefferson from the Nets, who just I think they declined him to clear up space. Yeah, that dude's a good forward too. That could be because the Spurs just need prior, prioritize on forwards at this point. I just my thing is like, there's times where Rudy really did not perform really well. It was kind of disappointing. Um, but like the same the same thing that happened with um, it was the same thing that happened with with Bertans. Like I think it was just I don't know for some reason the Spurs bench just did not perform well sometimes. So. Yeah, um, I think if Rudy does does have like a this amazing um, off season, like I said, it looks like he is. Then yeah, they definitely need to resign him back if he's serious about staying. Exactly. All right, now I just want to mention this. This was for some reason tweeted at us like right now. So because Jeff tweeted out about his old man and can't disconnecting on on Discord. And suddenly some Laker fan tweeted out, what a day, and it has like a picture of, Ka- of Kawhi with the trophy. I'm like, okay, why? <laughs> and they, it mentions all th- it mentions us two and Jeff. I'm like, what the fuck is this doing here? I don't <laughs> give a fuck. <laughs> a Lakers fan tweeted that? Yeah. Uh, R- Sandy Ray 56. Bro, you're a Lakers fan. You haven't been relevant for... <laughs> <laughs> For like the past 15 years. Oh, yeah, I see. All right, my hot take, though. It's not a cold take, damn it. Lakers are going to miss the playoffs again. Whoa. Holy shit. Dude, that's a bomb. You dropped that at the end of the... Damn. Hey, you said I always had cold takes. I was going to prove you wrong, damn it. Whoa, that's like a... That's... Dude, that's a bomb, bro. That's like... Wow. That's like Dante's peak... You know, a volcano explosion. <laughs> Holy crap. Wow. That's how we're ending it. Okay. AD can't stay healthy for more than half a season. LeBron's <sighs> aging. What'd I say? Shh. All right, you can check us out at our home base at thelinepodcast.com, or you can find us on wherever you get your podcasts. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. I really like Spotify. You can also find us on Twitter at thelinepod. You can find me at Ty Yeager Radio. Mac, where they can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at MacPenMedia. Um, Instagram. I kind of forgot my Instagram. Never mind. Just find me on Twitter at <laughs> MacPenMedia. <laughs> you can also check out Jeff Garcia at Jeff G Spurs Zone. Also, go check out the Spurs Zone because Mac's writing for them. Why not? Plus, that's if you're a really big Spurs fan and you're not following Spurs Zone, what are you doing with your life? You're missing out on all this. Yeah, ditto. 
got got a lot of good a lot of good content there. Don't forget to check out the Rise Up Podcast community on Twitter at RU Pod Community for other amazing podcasts, including some of our friends that are doing podcasts of their own, especially with this busy, busy, busy NBA offseason. You can also check out Belly Up Sports, which is you can visit bellyupsports.com for articles, podcasts of all your favorite sports, or check them out on Belly on Twitter at Belly Up Sports. You have a last word for us, Mac? No, just uh, Spurs. Draft somebody good. May the force be with y'all. We love you. Dude, you're really speechless from that hot take of mine, aren't you? <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm still reeling back from it. I don't, I don't know what to say anymore. <laughs> all right, so all right, we'll probably bring you guys a post-draft podcast, so keep an eye out for that. But until then, go Spurs go, and we'll see you guys here, here at the line. No, 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 no. I needed more.